these guys survived the David Kahn era of Timberwolves basketball and live to tell about it. It's Flagrant Howls. Welcome in. We got the OG Wolves guy here with his 1989 inaugural notebook. And trash sports can. dad, Judd, and trash can. And I've got a Wolves trash can from the first <laughs> year. Still got it right by me here. Dex was at that debacle the other night against oh. uh, the Pelicans. Yeah, what was the vibe like in that arena? That was the first time. That's only the second home loss. It's like the the first real home ass kicking, right? Well, the Kings, I guess, hit 14 threes. Yeah, moment. it was weird because I've been to two games this year. The first one being the that epic, awesome Celtics game, which, in my opinion, was like one of the best Wolves games, if not the best Wolves game I have oh. ever seen in person. Like, that was a blast. And then the Pelicans game, I mean... They, they made everything like the Pel- up until garbage time. And we left with like five minutes left in the fourth quarter. Wow. Um, no faith. No faith. I think the Pelicans were shooting Bad like 60 percent from the floor and like 48 percent from three. Like and to be honest, the game was actually a lot closer and going into halftime. And, and there was a huge discrepancy of shots being made by the Pels versus the Wolves. But yeah. the vibe, uh, they cleared out by the fourth quarter. They were like, peace. We're out of here. You know, uh, it's yeah, it's the first like real dud. And we're, we're sitting here. This is why you, by the way, this is why you come out of the gate and you stack up wins early because you know you're going to go through yes. some sort of lull, whether it's holidays or December, January. And so they've at least given themselves a little leeway to go through a rough stretch and correct it without tumbling out of the standings, right? Amen. By the way, before we start, shout out Ricky Rubio bobblehead. Ricky, congratulations. Ricky, man. Ricky. Congratulations. I hope you're okay. I, I hope your me- mental health improves or is improving or has improved. Well, uh, but that was, uh, there was a lot of dark days, a lot of dark days. And he actually created a spurt of, of fun when, when he finally did arrive. So shout out Ricky. Yeah. Ricky was man. Had the, in terms of what ifs in franchise history. Yep. He's up there. They, they had a couple. He is, and then a couple of those teams are too. The the lockout shortened season where they're going toe to toe with Kobe and yep. Target Center's packed. And they had that year where I think their net point differential was like fifth or sixth best in the West, but they still wound up blowing all these twenty point leads and losing all these close games. And they wind up outside the playoffs. But God, if if they could have just had healthy Kevin Love, healthy Ricky Rubio, Nikola Pekovic had the foot issues, and they had some good fun teams. But yeah, hopefully Ricky can can find some peace. Uh, I know there's been a debate about whether the wolves, I think like Dane threw it out there just for fun. Like, Hey, if you want to, if you want to get that crowd rocking before right. a playoff game, retire Kevin Garnett's Jersey one game, and then Ricky Rubio's oh. and it kind of turned into a debate. Um, yeah. They're definitely going to retire Kevin Garnett's Jersey. I don't know that Ricky Rubio, he was a yeah. beloved player, but I don't know that you can In, retire his Jersey. He's the reason why the wild and wolves should both have halls of fame. Yeah. Like, I, a ring and, of and a ring of howl or something. Yeah, know? right. But why why don't you? Like that wouldn't that make a ton of sense? Like yep. there's no way that Rubio's number belongs in the rafters. But I could totally see him being in a as you just said ring of howl. In fact, actually this is I was going to start with a and we'll get to the Barkley stuff here, but if there was a ring of howl or whatever we call it. Cuz right now the only the only things hanging in the rafters are are just sadly deceased former members of the organization flip saunders and then malik seeley right yeah yep. so K- kg is going to be a legitimate on merit retired jersey 100 percent. if you had that ring of honor that ring of howl what players would be would rise to that level but obviously like not quite i think ricky i would say kevin love 
I would say Wally Zerbiak. Mm. I would put Sam Cassell in just for the big balls dance playoff run. Mm-hmm. Trying to think of other guys. Uh, Poo Richardson, take, maybe throw him in there. I would need to take a closer look, but I do think it would be it would be very fitting uh, with, without without doing what the Wild did, in my opinion, which was forcing Koivu's. Not, you know, uh-huh. Koivu is a Ring of Honor Wild guy. Easy, right? But but I mean, like he Garnett, holds, he holds some wild records, doesn't sure he? Sure he does. But I mean, think about Garnett, okay? Like Garnett, like that's a number that's just absolutely, positively belongs. And unfortunately, it, it's not there because exactly. of his relationship with Glenn. But it belongs in the rafters. Yeah. But that doesn't mean there's there's not a guys there's not guys in both franchises who deserve to be recognized. Yeah. Did you guys see too that it's funny how God star players leave an or like their first organization and things get weird. And then like the magic are retiring Shaq's number. Yeah. I saw that. I didn't know that that hadn't happened yet. Like Shaq's one of the, I mean, if you ranked magic players, right, the magic came in at the same time. (laughs) Well, but well, wait a second though. I mean, Shaq was like, Shaq led them to the finals. Oh no, no, I know that that's, that's the same draft, right? Yes. Oh, I'm, I'm just joking about the draft. No, I know you are, but like Christian Leitner was a dud. Yeah, and Shaq deserves. Shaq was the greatest player in Magic history. Yes, well, Penny Hardaway is. I'm just saying, unfortunately, the Wolves in Wolves fashion got Christian in the same draft that because the the Magic won that. But yes, Shaq deserves it. Shaq was a fantastic player there. Yeah, but it took took him like 30 years to to mend the fences and patch the bridge there. Uh, Speaking of Shaq, his coworker on Inside the NBA. So we're going to turn this into a Feedback Friday edition of Flagrant Howls here. Charles Barkley, I'm going to paraphrase, he said on Inside the NBA last night, and he was asked a few weeks ago, you know, because he's been clowning the Timberwolves you know, going back to last year. Wow, it was the stupidest, that was the stupidest trade I've ever seen. Why would you put two seven-footers out there, right? And then they followed up like a few weeks ago, and he said, wow, yeah, this team's awesome. Anthony Edwards is great. Uh, so now that the Wolves have lost two in a row, Charles Barkley says on Inside the NBA last night, he doesn't believe in the Timberwolves anymore. And they <laughs> asked him why. He's like, they lost two games in a row. Yep. Um, so what do you think about Charles Barkley flip-flopping here on the, the Timberwolves? I love Charles Barkley, okay? I love him. I, he's one of the most talented people <laughs> to ever grace a studio show. He might be the best of all time, but he is pure, purely an entertainer. And so I think, I, I mean, if you don't see the ridiculousness of the, the hilarity of Barkley saying, I'm out on them. They've lost two consecutive games. Yeah. Then I can't. Nothing he says, for the most part, aside from the occasional time where he where he has a really strong take, and it's ordinarily not just about teams. It's it's like about the league itself and things. But m- so much of what he says is just for show or it's funny. So like in this case, I don't. I think nothing of this beyond the fact that it's another funny Barkley thing where after two games, he's like, well, now I'm done with them. They've lost two games consecutively. And and, and this is what I was talking about when they were obviously off to the really hot start. And some people have given them their flowers. Bill Simmons of the ringer has given them their flowers, the wolves mm-hmm. that is, and rightfully so. But no one nationally is going to take this team seriously, no matter if they're the one seed or the four seed, until they do something in the playoffs because they're not used to being the wolves being here. They, they, no one's going to take them seriously, and it stinks. I mean, I know Minnesotans want to see them get their flowers from everyone, but I, just the way the media landscape is set up, no one is going to take the Wolves seriously, unfortunately, until they make noise in the playoffs. 
and my stance on this, you know, the, the national buzz conversation, flip-flop, whatever it is, remains the same. They need to go earn it. I'm not going to be offended right. if, you know, you flip on these, you know, NBA countdown, whatever, inside the NBA. They didn't talk about that. They're on, they're on for an hour and didn't talk about the Timberwolves. And the Timberwolves remain, they're, they're clinging by a half game, but they remain the number one team in the Western Conference. Sure. I, it, they've built up 35 years of punchlines. And I think we're all self-aware. This is the beauty of Wolves fans. Wolves fans are the most self-aware fans. It's the Wolves fans are the Eminem at the end of eight mile, man. Here, tell me something they don't know about me and toss the mic back to Charles Barkley. It's like, we know we get it. We've been the punching bag (laughs) and the laughing stock of the NBA for, for decades and decades. So yeah, like I'm fine with them. Just if, if people want to doubt them or whatever, like they need to prove it by continuing to win. You don't win anything when you're 24 and nine at the, you know, 30% mark of the season. So I'm, I'm not offended by this. I also think that it, it would be great fun if the Wolves start to uh, make a playoff run because I think part of what Barkley is scared of now is He's got to hang might... out in Minnesota. Yes. <laughs> yes. And you know Charles. Minnesota ain't no fun. He'll yeah. it, it, it would be. Now, people from here will probably not take it well, but I would love to see if, if the Wolves like make the Western Conference Finals. I would love to see the trepidation that Charles shows in. You might have to. And they're, the and they're doing their show from First Avenue outside because they do it from outside the, the venues, yeah. right? He would not be oh, happy. Man, it's he, funny. He when... Golf courses here. He likes to golf. He'd hit some golf courses. Yeah. He'd be able to golf a little bit. Yeah, no, he still wouldn't want to be here. There's so many places Charles wants to go, I think. Do you guys remember when the Bucks were in the NBA Finals? And I think it was the ESPN crew. It was like first take with Molly and Kellerman and, and Stephen A. And they were just bitching about Milwaukee and how, <laughs> yes. God, why couldn't the Heat have won? Yes. Come on, guys. Uh, okay. Mike T says, do you guys feel the way that I do? And he and he brings a Carl Anthony, uh, Anthony Towns quote from The Athletic here. Johnny K talked to Cat after the Pelicans loss. And Cat said, Sustained success kind of gets boring. It gets monotonous. We've got to be okay with being bored. We've got to be okay going out there and doing the same thing every night, regardless of if we uh, want to get cute and show more of our talent. And Mike T continues on and says, someone in that circle needs to say, no, Carl, what's boring is watching the same crap we've seen for years. Hero ball, crying about fouls, lack of offensive flow, bad decision-making turnovers. You, Carl, bullying your way into three guys while two of your teammates are open for shots. Um, this quote drives me nuts because you haven't, sus- there, there is no sustained success yet, guys. Carl, Rudy, Ant, 24 and 9, 33 games is not sustained success. We're not even, we just got to January, for God's sakes. You haven't sustained anything yet. You're bored? Why are you bored? Carl, <laughs> just quit while you're ahead, dude. I feel like sometimes he tries to give these quotes that he thinks sound really like astute, right? And yeah, I just don't. I think I know what he might be trying to say, but then I'm going to agree with you completely and say the use of the word sustained is incorrect. It's not sustained yet. No. Um, but but he's trying. But I think what he's trying to say is we know we're good and we have to continue to challenge ourselves, but he doesn't say it right. And so... I completely agree. It comes off like, what are you talking about? But like the Warriors are, okay, you guys have the right to be a little bored in December in the NBA, right? The the 1998 Chicago Bulls. All right, you guys want to be a little bit. Well, you know, why can't you just say we're a good team and we really know that we need to stay sharp 
focus on, you know, like why use well, board? And I think, well, just to deconstruct this, the way he says it to me, and I, and again, I wasn't in the room, so I'm sure Johnny K could provide some context if there is more, but when he says sustained success kind of gets boring, it gets monotonous. He's speaking as if he has experience with sustained success. Uh, yeah, you're right. He doesn't. Unless you want to consider barely making the playoffs the last two years. I'm, it sucks because, like, on one hand, I've spent the last four shows trying to calm people down. Like, guys, they're going through a weird stretch. Everything's fine. They're still in first place. And I still believe that. They're just going through a weird stretch. They're, gonna, they're, they're definitely a player short, and they will have to make a trade at some point. But it's just, it's hilarious to me that the only players on this team that could maybe say they have experience with sustained success regular season success are Mike Conley and Rudy Gobert. But even those guys, they don't have like sustained champion. They didn't play in the NBA finals. So nobody on this team, nobody in this organization should be talking about how sustained success gets monotonous. Let's calm down. I agree completely. I agree completely. And and if I was Carl's PR person, I would have quit two years ago. So <laughs> uh, Maybe you can jump in and take that. Take that. No. Role. Update no. your LinkedIn profile. No, because I would tell him, you know what, Carl, the less you say, the better. Um, let's see here. What's that beats says on YouTube. Does this team know that Carl might get traded soon? And that's why the vibes are off. Does this explain why Ant seems to be more aggressive so he can continue doing it when Cat is out? So this is a conspiracy theory here. Did they tell Ant behind the scenes that, hey, you've got the keys and the ultimate green light? I don't know. It's a little reckless speculation. I don't think they're trading cat in oh. season. I think that that's a luxury tax decision for like July of next year. Yeah. In fact, I just saw a report. Was it from Shams a couple of days ago about the, the fact that, that the Knicks are uh, continually sniffing around cat, but like, there's no way that he's going to be traded now um, during the season. So, so I, I mean, don't get me wrong. Sports dad loves a good conspiracy. So I love, I love this. Yeah. But there is no intelligence whatsoever. And, I mean, they ain't going to trade him during the season. Like, well, also, their biggest no problem right now is they need – they don't have enough offense. They yeah. only have two guys that can, like, create offense right now. It's Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns. So you're – I think the, the move – and Kyle and I talked about this yesterday. The move that would be made is taking a Kyle Anderson who's more of a sure. defensive playmaking and he's passing up. He can't shoot threes this year. I don't know if it's if it's the eye or what. Uh, but you would you'd be looking to add offense to this team, not reduce offense, unless there were some creative way to trade Cat and get more offense back. I don't know what that would look like, but yeah, that conversation to me is parked until until the league year starts in July, right? Absolutely, yes. Uh, Joe X two twenty two says the Wolves in my mind needed to win a playoff game last year, a, play, a playoff series last year, and they didn't. This year. It's NBA Finals or I'm not happy. What is, so Kyle and I talked about this a little bit yesterday and that, you know, because I do hear from some fans that you guys hold the, you guys say you want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl and that's the bar you set for the Vikings. Why don't you hold all the teams to that same standard? And I think with the Wolves, there's a little more leeway in like giving them room to climb here. It's like, I said to Kyle, it's like you got one kid who is, who's like valedictorian of their high school class and, they just like continue to bomb their college courses. Like why you were your expectations, like your potential through high school was great. And why can't you follow up with the next step? The wolves are like flunking out of seventh grade, eighth grade. Like they're, they're 29 years old and still trying to graduate high school. 
So I do have a lower bar for the Wolves. I think it's ridiculous to say that if they don't make the NBA Finals, a franchise that has two playoff series wins, both in the same year, by the way, in the history of the franchise, that that's the bar. To me, I would be happy if they won a playoff series and fought in the second round and showed signs of building something. But where are you guys at? What what bar do they have to clear for you to say, okay, that that was a good season for the Wolves? I think I'd I'd love to see them reach the Western Conference Finals, but I think if you clear the bar of and look, it depends on who who you play as well. And the other thing about football that's different from hockey, basketball, and baseball to a large degree is you don't play series in football. So like you go into one game. And there should and and that makes it a lot more of a crapshoot when yeah. when you're playing an NBA you're playing um, potentially four best four of seven series, and so that depends on who you play, what your health is, how the series ebbs and flows. I think if the Wolves win, I think if the Wolves get bounced in the first round, I do think it's going to be disappointing. So I guess I would agree with you, Phil. I think if you get if you go to the second round and actually are very competitive. So again, I'm I'm going to say this. It depends on, in my opinion, the eye test. Because if you yeah. go to the second round and get bounced in four games, it's not going to feel great. But if you go seven games or six games and it's a really hard fought series, I'd be hard pressed to think a, a lot of Wolves fans are going to be disappointed and say this season was a bust. I think the finals is yeah, that's that's a tough one. I mean, the bar is a playoff series, but I will say an obtainable goal for this team is to be in the Western Conference Finals. And I I know it's crazy to th- say that because the Wolves have never been there, and this is no, really the first. They, no, they have. Yeah, oh, uh, once with against the Lakers, yeah, but they haven't been there in twenty years, and they haven't won a playoff series right. Also, since since they've been to the Western Conference Finals, they've won some playoff Correct. games. But the way they've started and the optimism that they've built, and the West is starting to kind of now figure some things out. But the path to getting to the Western Conference Finals is obtainable for this Timberwolves team. It's uh, right now, I would say, I know they have the best record in the West and we're kind of catching them at their lowest point of the season here. The Wolves, while maybe catching Oklahoma City at one of their peak moments, Denver's kind of coming around. They've won eight of 10. The Clippers have won eight of 10. I would say right now, I think the Nuggets and the Thunder are definitely better than the Wolves. On any given night, I'm, like, mm-hmm. it could go either way. And it, and it has. The Wolves have beat both those teams at home. Uh, but I would I would say as this sort of plays out until the Wolves add another body, some more offense, get something from a player that hasn't contributed yet, like a Shake Milton or somebody. Um, I would say the Wolves are probably the third best team in the West, and they have to watch out when the Pelicans are fully healthy. They might be better than the Wolves. So the record doesn't tell the whole story, but they have graduated from like a play-in team to definitively being one of the six best teams in the Western Conference, but. Keep an eye on the Suns. Keep an eye on a fully healthy Pelicans team. The Clippers with a bunch of future Hall of Famers. You know, it's and even like the Lakers are sitting down there. They have LeBron James and Anthony Davis. So that team's going to be competitive. You know what, though? I As we discussed on the scoops with Dukes, I actually think that this slump is a good thing for them. I think this slump is a good thing. When you play yeah. 82 games, you're not – It's you know, you, you can go through an uh, – a football season where you win 13 or 14 games and really don't have a slump, right? Because again, it's all one game and it's only a 17 game season. But like in basketball, you need to go because there have to be corrections. Mm-hmm. And now it's one that now now where the Wolves drove you absolutely up the wall a year ago was they bombed out against terrible teams. That's a different story. Yep. But they're in the midst of a very tough stretch. Um, 
there are some things that Chris Finch has pointed out, including on defense, where they are not playing up to expectation. But that's a great thing because it's correctable now, and you can actually go back and look and fix that. I, I would not – I am not a fan of nothing goes wrong. So as a guy who panics, I actually think this is a really good timing. You're losing to good teams, but you're also seeing what you're not doing right, and it's a great reminder – of getting back to what got you to a point of being so hot before this. And to your point too, so about, about the below 500 teams, like you're in, you're, we're sitting here and we're kind of like, Oh man, they're going through this rough patch. Well, we all predicted this three weeks ago when they started again, it was 16 games against playoff teams. Correct. And they're like seven and five right now in, in the first 12 and they got four, they got four consecutive road games starting tonight, I believe. So they're, yeah, you said it kind of, if they can just kind of play 500, slightly above 500 basketball over those 16 games, that's, that'd be a big win. And then you come out, now you start playing the Portlands and the Washingtons and the Pistons and don't trip up against a three-win Pistons team or a Portland team that's bad. But last year, this team was below 500 against below 500 teams. They were the only Western Conference playoff or play-in team that wasn't above 500 by a lot. So how about this? The Wolves were 17 and 18 last year against below 500 teams. The next worst record among playoff and play-in teams was 22 and 12, the Lakers against those teams. So they literally had us, they were six games back of the next worst teams against below 500 teams. This year so far, they're 11 and two against below 500 teams. Yeah. Take care of business, beat the brakes off bad teams, fight against the good teams. You're not, you're not winning 60, 65 games. You know, I know they came out hot. But yeah, this is, we'll see. Now, get back in three weeks. If they start losing some of those games well, sure. against bad teams, we can have a different conversation. But it's a two game yeah. skid. Yes. How about that? This is the first time they've lost two in a row since, yeah. if, you, if you go back to the regular season since March. This franchise, this franchise, and they lose back to back games, and everyone's like, oh man, how far have we come? But it took back to back losses to trigger people. Yeah. Um, Evan Yinkst says, here's a fun idea now that the Viking season's almost over. You guys probably have the viewership to make it happen on YouTube. Uh, a skull chant for Nas Reed, but instead of saying skull, we chant Nas as we clap our hands. Every time he enters the game at Target Dude. Center and makes a big play, we could get the Nas chant going. It's nuts. Like, it, on, at the Pelicans game, the loudest ovation is yeah. for Nas Reed, and it's not close. Like, I don't know who the second closest ovation is. It is insane, dude. And even when he checks in the second time, it's still a huge eruption of cheers every time he comes into the game. I like this idea. We need someone with a drum, though. Can we get Crunch yeah, a drum? You, you need, nah, uh, read. Nah. No, Trump, I mean, nah. Crunch has that drum. He has, he does he has nah, the drum. Though, yeah, that's right. right. He, he does, does have the drum. drum. Just, just yeah. Nas. Oh, here we go. Boom. Boom. Nas. Nas. It'll, it'll happen. Might want to write nah. this down. It would work. Okay. It would work. Uh, Tyler Gould has a really fun question that we're going to throw out here. After we shout out our friends, it's January. It's time to get in the best shape of your life. And Livia Judd is here to help you do just that. Yep. In fact, they, they helped me a couple of years ago, drop 40 pounds. Livia Weight Control Centers, it not only works, but they're going to help you keep the weight off. So if you're th thinking to yourself, you know what? 2023 was rough. I want to get in shape. I want to look good, feel good, get all my clothes to fit for 2024. Then I'm going to direct you to a place that right now has an offer that you're absolutely going to love. How about this? Livia offering the first three months for free. That's right, free 
They also now have, or they, they now also have breakthrough weight loss medication options as well. And again, three months for free. And here's the best part about this whole thing. If you are a Wolves fan in, I don't know, let's say Florida, Tennessee, New York, guess what? You can also take part in this because the whole program can be done if you need be virtually as well. Just go to L-I-V-E-A. Livia.com, 855-GO-L-I-V-E-A-Livia.com, where your weight loss journey starts and you start to feel good about yourself in 2024. Also, while we start to feel good about ourselves, how about feeling good about your home and the cleanliness of it? That's where Zero Res comes in to help you breathe a little bit more fresh air in your home. Clean those carpets, deep clean that house, the air ducts. So if you call Zero Res today or go to ZeroResMinnesota.com, you can ask for the Score North Special, which is three rooms, zero resified, starting at just $119. And this month, you can also take $75 off when you get your air ducts Zero Res clean. That's 952-Zero-Res or ZeroResMinnesota.com. Say you want the Score North Special and spell it forward or backwards. It spells the same, Zero Res. So um, this is great. Tyler Gould says, I'd love for you guys to build a starting five and bench players of players the Wolves drafted. So building out a full 15-man roster, but we're not talking about like a trade they made on draft day. It's the player that they drafted on draft day. So like Ray Allen instead of Stefan Marbury, for instance. Walker Kessler. Walker Kessler, I guess, yes, would be. They did draft him officially, right? think so or was that part of a trade too well that was a trade let's look the gobert trade but i think they have to make the pick no i know but i think let me just look this up real quick they they drafted kessler he was here he was at the press conference from yeah that's right yeah he wore the hat yep right but what i'm saying hold on a second i'm yeah you guys are probably right but uh they did not officially draft kessler so somebody it was like part of a trade this is where it gets weird like for instance Okay. They drafted Lowry Markinen. Yeah. Or what was the year? No, they drafted Cam Johnson one year with the, with the Suns pick, and the Suns made the Jared Culver pick for the Wolves. That was a trade. The Wolves moved up to get Culver. So mm-hmm. technically, the Wolves drafted Cameron Johnson that year. And then the oh. draft, then the trade happens after the draft, right? Yeah. So, so like when, you, when OJ, you go through. OJ Mayo, Kevin Love thing, right? Because it wasn't that the same yes. thing. The Wolves made it. the OJ Mayo pick, but the Wolves got yes. Kevin Love. Yes. So, so that's a great example. I'm trying to find that draft. So like, yeah, in 2008, the Wolves did not draft Kevin Love. The Wolves drafted OJ Mayo. And then they traded after the, because those, those trades can't happen until after the draft is over. That, so that's the creative twist on this. And so I have, I have put together a list of all of those potential players. I've done this exercise for you guys with the starting five and the 10 bench players. And I want to run this by you. Okay. Okay. So let's start with the starting five. I'm going big. I'm going Kevin Garnett. I'm going, I'm going three seven footers in my starting five. Okay. okay. Kevin Garnett, Carl Anthony Towns, and the Wolves also drafted before the Jimmy. This, this was the Jimmy Butler trade. They drafted this player on behalf of, I think it was the Jimmy Butler trade. They drafted Lowry Markinen. Yep. For the Bulls. Back in 2017. And then, yeah, he went to Chicago as part of that trade. So give me Kevin Garnett, tenacious defender, seven-footer, offensive powerhouse two, and then two of the best seven-foot shooters in the history of the NBA in Carl Anthony Towns and Lowry Markkinen. 
defense optional for those guys. And then I'm going Anthony Edwards and Ricky Rubio in my backcourt. Okay. And you'll you'll see kind of why. Because I want like Rubio doesn't need to shoot, but all these other guys need shots. So I give me Rubio like orchestrating, getting open threes for marketing for Towns for Ant, setting up Kevin Garnett in the post. True point guard. Yep. Okay. Okay. I'll go through the bench and you can fight me on some of this if you want to. Okay. Brandon Roy. Before the knee injuries, obviously. So they drafted Brandon Roy, flipped him for Randy Foy. So the draft pick is Brandon Roy. Okay. Ray Allen coming off my bench. I thought about doing like a Ray Allen, Anthony Edwards backcourt, but then it's like, I don't know if that, I think Ray Allen is like your spark off the bench, like a scoring sure. sixth man or something. Sure. Wally Zerbiak, Christian Leitner, and Rasho Nesterovich is my second unit. So Brandon Roy, Ray Allen, Wally Zerbiak, Christian Leitner, Rasho. Okay. And then my other five bench players, Nikola Pekovic, Zach Levine, Pooh Richardson for another point guard. He's might be my third point guard. Ooh. Danielle Marshall, who the Wolves drafted fourth overall. And then they traded him, I think, to was a Golden State for Tom Gugliotta. Trade. Yeah, he was not. He was a big time disappointment for them. But he was like a good role player going forward. He played like 15 years As a in the player, NBA. Yeah, the Wolves just didn't. The, the Wolves thought he was really good, and, and they got one look at him and said, hey, he's not as good as we thought. Yeah. And then Doug West. Give me kind of a just a oh, jack-of-all-trades. He can score. He can play all defense. Dougie West. With uh, honorable mentions being Cam Johnson, Ty Lawson, Wayne Ellington, Luke Longley, and J.R. Ryder not quite making. Yeah, I'm glad J.R. Ryder didn't make it. He would uh, cause some <laughs> locker room problems probably still to this day. Yeah. So, yeah, because we can't use Kevin Love because technically, they yeah, like Declan said, they drafted O.J. Mayo and not Kevin Love. So, That's a pretty good look. That's, I, I was going to say the only the only one I might beef with, but you're, you're right, he turned into a decent role player is, is Marshall. But beyond that, I, I do like the, facilit- the facilitator of, of Rubio because I think if you started Ray Allen, there's too many guys trying to jack up shots, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's like five guys. It just, I don't know who, does KG just not play offense then? Does Markinen sit in the corner? I don't know. Did did you debate at all? And this would be a bit of recency bias, I guess, with Ant, but did did you debate at all flipping Ant and Ray Allen? And Ray Allen? Big time. Yeah. But here's the crazy thing. thing. I think Anthony Edwards is actually the better overall scorer. Ray Allen is one of the greatest shooters of all time. Right, but Anthony Edwards this season is on pace to top any of Ray Allen's top scoring seasons in terms of points per game. Yep. So that's a good one though, because it because then you'd have KG, Towns, Markinen, Ray Allen. I also think Edwards, a little bit bigger frame, better defender when he when mm-hmm. when both those guys lock in and give me. I think give I'm me just saying, Anthony Edwards as a that's defender. my only like debate like like yeah. as far as guys that are starting and on the bench. I think that's the only one that I would that would actually be a difficult decision, right? Yeah. It's tough because, like, Ray Allen is coming off the bench, you know? Like, he's well, a Hall I of Famer. I mean, think banner, about all the but... great Wolves teams. I mean, it's, you know, it's hard. It's hard when you got all those banners in Target Center. Well, dude, this second unit, think about this. If, if, the, if, you know, if this was, like, a real thing and you had all these guys coming in in their, in their prime form, Brandon Roy, before the knee injuries, was mm-hmm. one of the best players in the NBA. Ray Allen, Wally Zerbiak, dead-eye shooter, right? Mm-hmm. Christian Leitner is a little wonky. He kind of ruins the chemistry on this thing. Yeah. 
Roshan Asterovich as a good sh- sort of shot-blocking, rebounding big man. Throw him in there. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Nikola Pekovic. Hey, need a bucket down low. Dump it into Nikola Pekovic. So. Well, and we're assuming that that you are that you have a a healthy Peck on the team as well in Pekovic. So, like when when he was healthy, he was pretty good. Yeah, I think that's the the assumption injuries. is that you would get the healthy version of of these players. Curious, uh, hit us up in the YouTube comment section or hit us up on Twitter. What would your starting five? So this is go to Basketball Reference. You can go to like just Google like Timberwolves draft reference and see. Now I'm curious about the Walker Kessler. What was that series? Of it was a Memphis. It was a Memphis. I I just googled it. It was a Memphis deal. Okay. So I think I think Memphis took him, flipped him to the Wolves, who flipped him to Utah. It, it's very confusing. I didn't realize. I've forgotten all about Dude, that. The NBA draft is. But the so fact that confusing. you left Felton Spencer off this list, I find highly offensive. So would you bump? Uh, yeah. Would you would you bump Rasho for Felton? No. As your big rebounding seven no, footer? No, no. I was joking. And long the first draft pick in Wolves history. No, Felton Spencer. Who was? Okay. Who was first draft pick in Wolves? Uh, I, I think the first draft was, I forget the rounds um, at the time, but I think the first pick, the first pick was Pooh. I want to say the second pick might have been Gary Leonard, a center yeah. from Missouri, who had just played here in the regional at the Metrodome. Yeah, he was a second round pick. And then Doug West was their third ever yeah. draft pick, second round out of Villanova. So and then it was the Felton Spencer and Gerald Glass in 1990 were their two first-round picks. Yeah. Man, this franchise and first-round picks, like Luke Longley was fine, but he was kind of along for the ride on those. Like the Bulls then, just had a bunch of random big guys. It could have been anyone. They spun him to the Bulls for Stacey King, right? Yeah. That worked well. Really well. Stacey King. I, and then I Christian actually did a, Ryder, I actually yeah. did a story on Stacey for the Wolves uh, program back wow. in the day. I used to do game program stories for good tickets. It was actually a pretty good trade. Wait, so you would get paid, players. you would just get good tickets? I would just get good <laughs> tickets. But but then I would go, go see, like, Sean Kemp and the Sonics, which was great. Oh, AI. Let's go. Because the 90s, the basketball was not as pretty, but there was, you know, oh, yeah. clearly some fantastic star power back then, too. Yeah. Yeah, that was... Uh, there's also a, a dark era here where they le- they leave the first-round picks open that the wolves would have had so like 2001 <laughs> they they had to abandon their pick in 2001 to 2004 yeah the joe smith under the table deal yep hilarious man yeah hit us up in the youtube comment section uh click that like the like button and the subscribe button if there's anything here that you would uh, add or change mario chalmers who they drafted mario chalmers who was a starting point guard on a championship heat team but he didn't quite make the cut for me All right, there's uh, Flagrant House, your favorite Timberwolves lifestyle podcast. We'll see you guys next week.